0: Uh, that's a good thing, but uh, before I get started, I'd like to pray. Um, Heavenly Father, I, just, uh, I thank you for the opportunity today to um, use our trip from Israel in a way that can express who you are, uh, Lord. Also, I just ask that um, you would be with the girls that have been kidnapped in Israel, that uh, you would um, be with the Israeli children. Um, special forces over there as they try and uh, figure out what happened and that uh, the hearts of uh, the individuals who have kidnapped them would change. Lord, I also lift up the DR uh, trip, um, that that would bless not only the people at the DR, but also the people who are there as missionaries, that they would come back with a stronger understanding of who you are. In Christ's name, amen. All right. So, Israel. It was a fun trip. Um, We... uh, it's, it's overwhelming. We got back on Wednesday, and people have asked me, what's the, what was the best part of the trip? And I, what I've been telling everybody is I kind of went into what I call sponge mode when I got over there. I kind of just tried to absorb as much as I can, and now I'm starting to wring out the sponge. And so hopefully it'll stay on what I've written here. Otherwise, I'm ringing out the sponge as I'm talking, and it's just going <laughs> to explode. But there's just so much. It's overwhelming, all the things that uh, we saw and we, and we learned and different things, but today what I would like to do is apply some theology to the trip. And uh, part of that started before we even left. Um, My family would call, or friends would call, and they'd go, oh, you're gonna get to go to Israel, that is so awesome, you're gonna get to walk where Jesus walked. And I said, that is true, I get to do that, but I didn't see the significance of that as compared to every day. Because I, I believe in the philosophy that we have the Holy Spirit in us, Therefore, we are part of the Trinity, and God and Jesus Christ dwell upon us, within us too. So wherever we walk, Jesus walks. So every day you're walking where Jesus walks. So it's, a, it's just a perspective I have, but John six fifty four through 56 supports that. When he was talking to his disciples about uh, communion, and it says, Whenever, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Perfect. I didn't even ask for him to come up on the screen. You guys rock back there. (laughs) So, So he dwells within us. And so, yes, I see the importance of walking where we were and seeing the Sea of Galilee and seeing all of the Galilee area. But I believe that Jesus is walking today, still, here, now, up and down Main Street, up and down our steps, up and wherever, wherever we are. So we have to remember that. But it was still an awesome trip. So in this sermon, I want to talk about three areas. First is religion at its finest, second is a couple terms omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. And third, my biggest goosebump moment of the trip. And for me, that's when I feel the Holy Spirit from head. I don't know how you get goosebumps on the top of your head, but I do. I don't know. It just From head to toe, I'm covered in goosebumps. And that will be that's, that's going to be the biggest part of my trip. But it's hard to rate any of them. There's so many. And everybody who's here that went on the trip, why don't the people that went stand up? Jeff and Donna, Barbara, Steve, Linda, Kelly's here. Um, There was 14 of us total that went, um, I didn't see, oh, yep, uh, Jody Sato, I don't see Bob this morning, but that's great. And we just, so if you see any of them and want to talk to them after the service or whatever, they will give you a different perspective than even I will now, because I have a different goosebump moment or a different experience than they even had. So, first off, um, we're going to go with the first uh, uh, picture, and that's just the fact that we had an awesome group. Um, I highlighted some of the people here. But that's our group. There was 28 of us um, from uh, three or four different states, four different states, Illinois, Iowa, Texas, and um, and Colorado. I don't think there was California. I wasn't sure if there was California. There was five states. Okay, I can't count. And we're sitting at an amphitheater that is the start of the Jordan River, is where we're sitting right now. And so um, that was just a great group. We were able to do so much more because our group came from high altitude and we went to low altitude, I think. Um, we were able to do so much more hiking. We averaged between five and nine miles every day. Hiking, just back and forth to the places. There was a lot of stairs. But we all got through it, and it was just the desire that people wanted to learn as much as they possibly could while they were there. Uh, it was hard for, for people, but they did it. Um, in, in a little bit, you'll see how Barbara cheated a little bit. But... Uh, <laughs> It's pretty fun. So it wasn't a cheat. It was just a good, it was a good thing. So uh, the second place is one of the things that we were able to do, um, go ahead and go to St. George's Monastery. This is where we hiked to one time. And this was a calculated risk that uh, the Yossi, our guide, took. Because afterwards he admitted that if anybody would have twisted their ankle on that hike, the rest of the day is over. He's going to the hospital with them. You know. And so we're out in the desert with the Bedouins, And um, go ahead and go to the next picture. And you'll see how Barbara got up there. (laughs) She didn't cheat. She figured it's the last time she's probably going to get to ride a donkey in Israel. So she didn't cheat. She also climbed a sycamore tree, just so anybody wants to know. So Barbara took a full advantage of her trip, and she was an awesome uh, joy to have on the trip. But... Yeah, and this is a picture where I think he said, look at us, we're Joseph and Mary. <laughs> <laughs> he was a pretty funny guy, so, yep. So so uh, we went from there, that was just uh, some of the things we were able to do because of the group, but we, we flew into Tel Aviv after flying from he, uh, Denver to Philadelphia for four hours and then 11 hours into Tel Aviv, and Tel Aviv's just another city, you know, it's just a, it's a city, there wasn't... There was a nice boardwalk, it was on the Mediterranean, those things were nice, but it didn't really have anything. We didn't spend any real time there because we got there late in the day. And the next morning we got up and went to uh, Jaffa and some different things right around the area. But next we moved on to Tiberias in the Galilee, and we got to see a lot of relics and a lot of places, more than people. So we got to see the ruins and we got to see some things. So um, the next slide um, that I'd like to put up is called Abraham's Arch. And this was by Tell Dan. And Abraham's arch, some of you may have seen this already on Facebook, but this arch is the arch that Abraham had to have walked through to get to the city. So that arch is somewhere around 4,000 years old. And so we walked, we didn't obviously get to go past the fence, but we walked possibly right there where Abraham walked. So that was pretty moving to be in a place. And so, as the trip went on, I started to understand, wow, this is cool to be walking where people from the Bible walked. So, it, was, it started to change for me. The next picture um, was, a, this is called Jesus' Boat. Now, think about it. There is the 12 disciples, Jesus, Mary. So, you've got 14, 15 people on this boat. You can see back in the back, in the back there's a doorway. So, it's not that large of a boat. I mean, I would have thought it was a large vessel on a large sea. Now, the Sea of Galilee is only 26, just over 26 miles around. I mean, in Minnesota, we call that a lake. We don't even call that a sea, you know. And so some of the people there, even Yossi said, it's the lake, it's not really a sea. But, but so that would toss in turn, like when Peter gets scared and the, the waves are going crazy. And we get, we're fortunate enough, we're sitting there going, well, how could there be waves on this? One day the wind came up and the waves got decent size they didn't get huge but we could see if a real storm came through even in that small lake there could be enough to, to throw a boat around because I'm sure there's not a huge keel I didn't see one on the bottom so it's just kind of moving around in the wind you know and uh, the sign out front I saw said uh, we set the sail but God provides the wind and so that uh, gives me a good example of what that would be and then the next slide on the Sea of Galilee was a very one up oh. It's a boat ride. should be Sea of Galilee boat ride should be next. There it is. You can see we, uh, with the boat's name is Faith, and just attempted, I guess, Jeff was doing Titanic. So, <laughs> but uh, we were fortunate enough on this Sea of Galilee ride. Uh, what you do is you go out. Some tours, they just cut the engines, and you sit, and you pray, and you just sit on the Sea of Galilee. But well, we were fortunate enough to have the only captain that was a Christian. And so we got to do praise and worship. And it was amazing. I uh, That was one of those tearjerker moments for me. It was amazing to think I was on the Sea of Galilee worshiping my God. So I'm going to say a lot of stuff. You guys should start saving money because we're going to do this again. I'm just saying. We're going to go back. So, but, um, and so it was, it's hard to even express through pictures, through voice, through anything without experiencing it. It's, um, it's unpacking it, every day. It's, um, I have over 1,600 pictures to go through yet. So we'll do a slideshow of some sort uh, for everybody in more detail, the ones that want to see it. And so after we, we did the, the boat ride and we did Galilee and we got to see all the places and all the ruins and the things, we then moved for four nights into Jerusalem. And that's where we started to interact with the people more. And the, we went in on a Friday night, which was right before Sabbath. And luckily for me and for Steve and our, our guide, we, he asked us if we wanted to run. And so we said, sure, we'll go for a run. He goes, good, I'm going to take you inside the city. So we ran around right before Sabbath inside of the Old Jerusalem. So, Gwenda, if you'll put up the next slide of the uh, called to the Sabbath. There we go. So as you can see, there's these, it's a little blurry, it's not quite as big as I'd like, but um, just because that's the photo I took. Um, But you can see that they have big furry hats on, or they have just a regular hat, or they just have their yarmulke. And it depends on how much studying they've done, what their title is, um, all of those things. So there's a hierarchy within Jewish Orthodox. And Yossi was explaining this is their dress uniform, just like we have dress uniforms in our army. There's, this is their dress uniform. They wear it, typically most people only wear it on, the, on Sabbath, but we did see people all the time wearing it. So we're starting to see religion at work. It's, this is religion starting to show up at its finest, as I put in my, my first step. So that was probably the hardest thing and the most disappointing thing of the trip for me, was religion. And when I say religion, I don't mean a relationship with Christ I don't mean what the name of, a, of something is as a worship. I'm saying how it was done. That was really hard for me to swallow, to watch the, the Jews just get so ritualistic. And then I thought, okay, so that's just their way. That's what they know. They know their Bob as they do, you know, and I, I can't tell anybody how to worship because that might be the way they connect. They might have that. And Spencer talked about two weeks ago, he said, you can't just let your Bible sit on the shelf, you've got to be in it. And if it's just the discipline of pulling the Bible off, and it might be at 7.30 in the morning every day, you read for 10 minutes or whatever, and you may not want to do it, but you stay in the habit so that you do it. That's where I think some of this is, it's a habit, in it, but you couldn't see the, the fruit, you couldn't see the heart, you know, of the people sometimes. But so, sometimes we do have to go through the motions and get there. There's times when I need an attitude adjustment and the first thing I do is I go put praise music on and it might take me three songs to get there but I'll be in worship by the time I get through it. So stay in the practice of, of doing worship but don't lose the heart part of it. Yossi, our, our guide, he was Jewish and he wanted his kids to understand Christianity because he, wanted to, he, he wants his, his kids, his grandkids he hopes that they will become Christian but he kept telling us I admire you people because I can only get it into here. I can't take it to here. So he couldn't get his faith into his heart. He could only get it in his head. And so I said, well, how do we evangelize to these people? He said, you can't bring evangelists. We need missionaries because they need to witness and see what love is, not just to tell them how they're wrong. And so, he, you know, but you can't get into the country because they don't want any more Orthodox Christians because that's what they're used to too which are no different as far as religion goes as what you see on the screen. We went to a place that should be very beautiful, Bethlehem. We went to the Church of the Nativity, and we had to wait for an hour. And that's down in the uh, basement, right above where the spot, the supposed spot is that Christ was actually laid when he was born. But up above, there's three different churches, There's an Arminian church, there's the Roman Catholic Church, and there's the the Greek Orthodox Church. They even have their own separate doors to get in the building because they can't get along. We're on the same team, and they don't get along because it's not the right way to worship. And then we stood there for an hour, and we watched them march up and down with their whatever. And I didn't see a guy, that anybody that was happy when they were marching. I mean... All right, I better get my incense out and get this. Would you people be quiet over there? Uh, I'm going to, you know, and that's what it felt like the whole time we were there. And it just, it was supposed to be a wonderful, glorious place. And it just, I don't know. So don't do that. Stay in the heart. That's what I'm, I guess that's the part of the message I'm trying to say. Don't, don't just be in your head. So I guess the, the, the couple parts I want to talk about there with, with, doing it is you know we have two scriptures that kind of seem contradictory but they're not you know James two fourteen through 26 is faith without works is dead so I think they get they're doing that side they're saying well I'm doing the works so I've got faith but they're they're missing it and then Ephesians 2 8 through 9 says for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and it is not from yourselves it is a gift of God not by works so that no one can boast we're not supposed to boast so they work together as long as the heart's involved. As long as we do works because we are Christians and we, that's what we feel we should do instead of doing before believing, if you get my point. Matthew 23, 1-12 and 23-28 through, 23 through 28 talk about the Pharisees. And I think this was our modern-day Pharisees. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law... And the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you. you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up every heavy, cumbersome load and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries the boxes that they put on their heads. Uh, I didn't get a picture downloaded that had one, but there were people walking around with the deflacteries because we're supposed to keep Scripture on our mind at all times. Not literally. Uh, it's amazing to see. Wide and the tassels on our, our garments, long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin but you have neglected the more important matters of the law justice mercy and faithfulness you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former you blind guides you strain out a net but swallow a camel woe to you teachers of the law and pharisees you hypocrites you clean out the cup and the dish but it, the outside of the cup and the dish but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence blind pharisee first clean the inside of the cup and dish that being our bodies, obviously. And then the outside will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to the people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. So we have to make sure we don't just show up on Sunday mornings and put on our our facade. We're supposed to do this all the time. Again, you know, Yossi said he he couldn't get it from his head but to his heart. It's not very far, but it's a huge thing. So keep it in your heart at all times. So last week, uh, Greg defined some characteristics of God. Uh, which made me to think more about the theology of our trip. And so, two of the terms, omniscient and omnipotent. Uh, omniscient is all-knowing. Omnipotent is all-powerful. So, Psalm one forty-five or 147.5, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. In Psalm thirty-nine four: Even before a word in our, is on our tongue, behold, our Lord, O Lord, You know it all together. So these two words, I would say, were summed up when we went to the Holocaust Museum. It was a place I didn't want to go. I I wanted to run through the place. I didn't really want to embrace it, and I didn't do a very good job of embracing it. I've studied enough of the Holocaust. I don't need to do it. But this is the big thing that came from us is this is where a lot of Jews struggled, they couldn't understand how a God that was all-powerful and all-knowing would allow the Holocaust to even happen. And so Yossi's dad's diary says, if we are the chosen people and God treats us this way, there is no God. And so that's really hard. So there's, that's a, it's a huge thing. And so is that how we react when we have things happen in our lives that are hard? Do we just say... If, this is, if I've trusted you and I've walked with you, and now it's getting hard, so there must not be a God. So that's, that's a really big conflict that happens within, um, within Israel. I mean, Yossi says that they're the most anti-Semitic um, country in the world, is, the Jew, is Israel, because of the way that the, Greek, the Jewish Orthodox, they don't, they don't work, their job is to pray, they're subsidized by the government, Pay, everything is paid for. There's about 20% of the population that's paid to, to pray and be in the church and do their thing. Um, and so that's a real conflict. The, you know, they have to pay higher taxes to pay for the 20% um, that are doing that. And then last, um, lastly, we're going to talk about um, the Western Wall. And we're getting really, really close to my goosebump moment. But at the Western Wall or the Wailing Wall, the reason why it is what it is is you see the gold dome, that's the Dome of the Rock. It's now a mosque, um, a Muslim mosque, and they control the upper part of the Temple Mount. Okay, so that's a high wall they control. Jews are told not to go up there um, by the rabbis uh, because it will disgrace the um, holiness of the site. So, they don't go up there. So, they go down here at the Wailing Wall. It's the closest spot they can get to where the original temple was seated. That's where the Dome of the Rock is, where the temple originally was. Um, So, they go there to pray. Um, This was on the call to Sabbath, so it was a a bigger group. Um, We also got to watch a military celebration on the plaza there, also, um, the next, or a couple nights later. But, um, and so, you go up to the. You can go up to the wall and pray. Some people didn't get to, unfortunately, because on well, the day we got to go, um, the women's side, they had somebody had left a purse behind, so they had to bring in the bomb squad. So they closed the women's side because they're separate. They don't allow the genders to be together. Um, it's just the way that they believe. And then the men's side, they eventually closed, um, but uh, some men got to go up there and pray. And so people there believe that is that is the place that prayers are going to be heard more than anywhere else. And so omnipresence, which is the last term, signifies that God is everywhere in all time and all, always. So from beginning to end. So my prayer here or down there or at my house or wherever is the same prayer that happens at the Western Wall. And so, in fact, my prayer at the Western Wall was that they would understand that. That they wouldn't do that. And people will go and put notes in the wall. You know, they roll up their notes and put the prayers in there and and do their thing. And Yossi said, I can't remember if it was three months or three years, but the fire department comes in with a hose and sprays them out of the wall, is how they clean the wall. So obviously they don't pass through the wall as they believe and go straight to heaven. You know, so it's just that was the religion part that was just, it gnawed on me while I was there. Um, So, the goosebump moment. There was a young girl in our, in our group that was 19, um, Kelly McKee. I don't think she would mind me sharing this. The women's side was closed, and she was, she was standing back, and, and she said, am I missing something? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, aren't my words just as meaningful here as they are up there? And that is my goosebump moment. When a 19 year I didn't get it at 19. I didn't get most of this at 19. I don't even know if I get most of it now. But but um, to understand that my prayer, because of the Holy Spirit, is the same here as anywhere at 19 is pretty miraculous. And so she, that was my goosebump. I mean, I stood there, back in, it's off the screen, just away from the wall, and I, I'm just, head. I'm getting them again. I'm getting goosebumps again. Because that is the thing that wants me to go out and profess to other people that they need to know who Christ is and that they have communication with him and that he is the God that will be with them and never changes. And he's a, and he's a just God and he's a fair God and it's us that have problems with the way God does things. It's not him. And then my, the last photo, and don't put it up yet. I wonder not to. This is one of my favorite pictures and... If you want to see joy at its finest, I'll go ahead and put the picture up. Steve got baptized in the Jordan and uh, by his brother-in-laws. And that face says it all. And I, I don't know, I can't remember exactly why I did it, but I know it's a rededication for his retirement. Um, Kelly and I got baptized. There's quite a few of us that got baptized. Jody, Barbara, we got baptized. And um, the same thing for me. It wasn't that I needed to be baptized again, but I wanted to commit myself 100% again and be ready. So whatever God calls you to, whatever he calls me to, any of us, let's be all in. Heavenly Father, I just uh, thank you um, for today. I thank you for the opportunity to be where you walked and where your prophets walked and the people who went before us to establish our faith. Lord, I just also um, I just, uh, ask that the Holy Spirit just really dwell within everyone and, and convict people to step out in faith and rely on you completely. Lord, I also, um, I just ask at this time to also bless the offerings that we're about to receive. That uh, we would give, not out out of our necessity, or give out of an obligation, but give because our heart wants us to give so that we can provide, so that more ministry can happen here and throughout the world. Please stand and join us with the uh, last hymn, number 140, or it will be on the screen. Circle, square, circle, whatever. Thank you. Thank you. Uh Oh, we're gonna have to spread it out a little bit to make it all the way around here. Don't let the chain be broken. Alright. Does anybody have any joys and concerns for today? I have a huge joy. I have my granddaughter here with me today. Brennan's from she's been great fun and great Good. Is she making you do too many chores? No, I love it. Okay, good. Alright, good. I worked Nina. Or. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> So pe- keep the uh, people from the Ukraine in your prayers um, as they go out and, and do mission work, evangelize, and uh, pray for conversion also. Jenny. I have you show back. So Yay! Like- Nice to see you too. Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Brian Bain, a family that I've been close to in Grand Junction for many years, has been diagnosed with stage 4 throat cancer. But, uh, he lives with his mom who is now a widow and this is her second son to lose in such a way. And, uh, both Marjorie and Brian Bain. So Brian and Marjorie down in Grand Junction? Okay, Bain, need prayers. Yes. The lane residence has now moved behind Walmart. I want to thank you, members of the church, that in and helped us get this accomplished. Alright, well okay. make make sure that Pat knows in the office that, so we can still get a hold of you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad the the move went well. Thanks for doing it while I was gone. So no. <laughs> oh Tony! Okay, Tony and Ellie Smith have a new grandson. Awesome. Um, a few weeks ago, I told you guys that mom was having a little procedure in her heart, and um, it was a procedure, so um, it went awesome. She's back on the trampoline, and I just didn't want anyone to worry anymore, because so am went great. So now I know what you're supposed to do after surgery. You get back on the trampoline <laughs> and you're clear. I think that would start surgery for me instead of end it, so... Uh, but Madeline uh, had a great surgery and she's uh, enjoying the trampoline. That's awesome. So Oh, Edith? I'd like to pray, have us pray that Phyllis Guerrero will be having a hip replacement tomorrow. Phyllis Guerrero hip replacement. god. Good. Kathy? I'm flying on Friday to see my babies. <laughs> Grandbabies and babies, right? Kathy Pryor heading back to see the kids. It's a good thing. Ivy's happiness. I want to thank all of you. I'll tell you, while we were in Israel, I could really feel the prayers of the church, and I want to thank you because when you have 28 people in a foreign country, no one got hurt. Um, A few of us got a little bit of a stomach bug, just a tiny little bit, but basically, we were super healthy. Um, We had lots of great opportunities. It's like every door was open, and um, you know, nothing bad happened. No one got anything stolen, and so I just appreciate you guys praying for us while we were over there. And um, again, I know all of us would be happy to talk to you about our experiences and share it with you. Thank you. All right. Didn't want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pray, and then we'll we'll sing to exit. Uh, Lord, uh, just I just ask you to continue to cover us as we go today. I pray over all of the prayer requests and the joys that we heard today, Lord, and that we would just go out of here with great joy, knowing who you are as our Savior. Sing alleluia. God bless you.